the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning into Counterculture. Yes, I am your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Again, I get to highlight people and, and talk to people around the country, around our city, even down the street, whatever, <laughs> who are really committed to walking the way of Jesus and really counterculturally. And we like to highlight the peacemakers and the people who are building up, our, making our society more compassionate and people who are really lifting up and elevating our culture. And and so really we want to f- highlight those people. And so I, on the phone, I, I'm so excited about this one. Uh, I have uh, executive producer Adam Comer. Thank you, Adam, for joining yeah, us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, yeah. Oh, calling in from sunny Tennessee. It is sunny today. Okay. It is. It's a beautiful day right outside of Nashville. Oh, sounds sounds great. Well, we have this is a good time to be in Phoenix as well. It's just this. Uh, well, we get sun about ninety eight percent of the time anyway, so rain's actually our, a big deal. But you know, Adam, thanks again. You're you're the the producer of the Forgotten Pandemic. Uh, you're also an ordained pastor, um, and you've also developed uh, uh, an addiction recovery program. Um, and okay, so I, there's a lot here. So, uh, producer, direct, <laughs> uh, and uh, but we're going to l- learn about the forgotten pandemic, your documentary, and also you're a, a proud husband of your ooh, high school sweetheart. Very nice. Been married since 2008, oh, yeah. and have two children, Elijah and Eli- Elison. Is that right? Ellison. Ellison. Ella, Ellison. 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 Yeah. I want Elijah. Eli- Ellison. Okay, great. And so, but if from calling from Middle Tennessee, this is exciting. So, before we get into about your film and and your your recovery ministry, I'd love to just you know we'd love to play fake news. And fake news, we say it's kind of like two truths and a lie. We say something that's true and then not true. And I try to guess which one's with. And just so you know, you're 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 in the presence of greatness right now. I have such amazing okay. skills to determine the ways of the heart and mind that I can see through all. See through all potential false falsehood and falsity, and totally discern in this world what is true and what is not true. Okay, just so you know, just be ready. Are you ready for this, Adam? Okay, I'm ready, <laughs> okay. but I mean, you know, you know what I do for a living, right? <laughs> I do. You, know, you know that that I uh, I. I am expected to be lied to on a daily basis working <laughs> okay. in the addiction recovery world. So, well, then take, I just you, the then skill. you also know I just like <laughs> spin a tall tale myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so two truth. Let's do it. Let's see if I can figure out which one's true. All right, let me let me take a go at this. Let me see. Okay, so two two truths. So is it? I'm just telling you two stories. One's true. One's not. Right. Right. In order. Any order. Or am I telling you two truths and a lie? Nope. Okay. One two stories. Okay. So. 
I played semi-professional basketball. Semi-professional? That's like pickup league at the park? Don't No, you don't have to answer that. No, okay. no, no, no. Semi, semi-professional means that you're paid to play, and it was okay. in Europe. So okay. semi-professional basketball. Okay. Uh, and then the second one is I also played in the World Series of Poker, uh, $10,000 buy-in, and, and won a seat and did really well there. Got 50th. Wow. Okay. Now, okay. So, at, you know, you and I have never met. And I can't, you're not here in studio, so I can't see the line potential on your face. So I'm sure. going to say, I'm going to say the semi-professional, you were not in the semi-professional basketball team, and you, but you, somehow you did make it into the World Series of Poker. That is true. Good job. Wow. I can't believe it. I did. I played, I did play a lot of basketball. My dad's a coach, brother's a coach. I, okay. I you know, played up to a certain way, but yeah, I've never been paid to play basketball. <laughs> I just got a fist I've been bump. paid to coach You've basketball. You've been coached basketball. <laughs> but you're, but yeah. you must be pretty good at poker if you can go in a uh, – that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. At, at one point, yeah, I, I don't – obviously, it's on this side of things. I don't play, sure. play often. If I do, it's not really for – it's not really gambling. But, yeah, right. yeah, definitely definitely played a lot of poker, and I would definitely say I was in a professional avenue there. Wow. Know, playing for a living. I, that's so off my radar that that's awesome to hear. I love hearing about that. That alone could be a cool yeah. like episode of counterculture. <laughs> it could. Yeah, know, I know. Just God's on the giftings yeah. versus God's God's spiritual <laughs> gifts, your natural giftings, right? Discernment, things like that. So now using it for the glory of God. But that's really interesting because there is something to that. Like your, you know, what your, the, yeah. there's a sense of human nature and understanding. Yeah, really interesting. So. Forgotten Pandemic. It's a, a, a documentary. Uh, why would you want to make a, a documentary about this? And so what what's it about? Why oh, would you goodness. make it? Oh, goodness. I did not want to make this. Oh, really? I have <laughs> no idea. No, no. Especially with what I know now about filmmaking, if I would have right. known it then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, no desire. Didn't have film desire. You know, not, not – I, I played sports, so not super – artistic but just in the season uh as a, a chief executive officer and pastor over over s2l recovery and it was time for us to kind of do a new promo video and uh so i, I got with one of uh, a dear friend named denver and he is just a super mm. talented videographer right um just to make a two minute you know promo video and it was in this season uh, when the pandemic was really hitting hard and we were locked down, but it was also the season where a whole lot of documentaries were coming out. If you remember the Tiger King, the last right. dance of Michael Jordan, uh, social dilemma. And like, Oh yeah. America was really eating up documentaries. Hmm. And so I we felt praying through it and we just as leadership. And I, I really felt the Lord saying, Hey, this is a lot bigger than just S2L. Right. Um, hmm. Because our message, our message about addiction is radically different than the cultures. It's very counterculture, hmm. and mm-hmm. when we don't, we don't believe that someone who's an addict or an alcoholic, one needs to identify that way, but two that they're doomed to that for a lifetime, just remission. When the Bible says, talks about freedom, yeah, yeah. When the Bible says that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Hmm. Hmm. And so our message about addiction is radically different, and we just felt like, okay, hey, this message is bigger than just us. We don't need to yeah. do a promo video. And God began opening amazing doors. Obviously, this guy, Denver, I pitched it to sure. him, and he's like, you know what? Let's do it. And we just went on this journey for a year and a half, and 
we were able to interview, uh, you know, Zach Williams and uh, Casting Crowns, Mark Hall, and, okay. and huh. politicians and pastors and um, just people who have gone through it and come out of it. It's been a, and other programs, Christ-centered programs and things like that, directors. And so it was a really just a labor of love. Uh, and mm. it's a, it's a, I think it was, uh, I want to say, something like, 150 hours of, of film turned and it. The final product was 40 minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. some serious post-production, post-production hours. hours yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh goodness. That's a lot of, wow. So you must really labor of love. A lot of great people who had to make this happen. Can't know. These are never one man jobs. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was just, God was opening doors. And people that I had met and that believed in the project, like the guy that scored the documentary, just an amazing talent. I mean, he writes music hmm. for like One Direction and Gwen Stefani. And oh, my goodness. These huge names. You right. too. I think he's written some for you too, an Apple commercial. Oh, my goodness. And he scored the entire documentary. Wow. So it's, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And God's hand is really on this. And we've, we've heard amazing feedback so far. So let's just say you, you step in the elevator with the program director at Netflix, you got one minute. He, it's going down to the, it's, it's going down to the lobby. What describe what, what your, your, your film. I, I would, I would start with asking him, Hey, so you, did you hear the data from just last year? The addiction overdose is 30% higher. There's 93,000 people died of an overdose death. That's just drugs, not including alcohol related. Yeah. Drugs. The problem's getting worse, not better. And the reason that we believe the problem's getting worse is because what's been said to people, the, the secular norm to addiction recovery is not working. What we're doing yeah. is, here's a film about it. Yeah. You're, you're highlighting what someone, you're highlighting what's working, what's really making a difference in this huge problem yeah. that we're facing. Fantastic. And I mean, now. That would have been a pitch to the Netflix director, but honestly, it's 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 a call to the capital C church. Yeah, addiction is not a surprise to God. Right. Like we don't we don't need to give over our spiritual. It's a spiritual issue, and we don't need to turn that over to the secular world. We have authority as the church and mm-hmm. what God says. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're not. It's very clear. Like on staff at SOL, we have doctor, nurses, uh, licensed therapists, and so we're right. not saying those things don't. It's not just those things. You don't aren't. just pray it away. Oh, prayer only That's right. right 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 but yeah it's so long we've been secondary and the, the thing is this is primary yeah uh well i mean having pe- some people on my show and been in the, around the space to some degree but uh, i think for our listeners what i mean i don't describe the pandemic of opioid addiction right now in america oh goodness ninety three thousand people died of drug overdose in 2020 and i honestly think that 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 number is drastically low because of the nature of, you know, an overdose death and how mm-hmm. that's recorded on a death certificate and how, you know, you kind of tread softly when dealing with families. Uh, and that's up 30, it was 70 something thousand a year before. And goodness, I, I don't know where it started. I think it probably, I would, I would suggest that it started at the spike of prescription opiates and Oxycontin. Right. They told us, with an FDA approval that 1% or less of people that took this drug would become addicted to it. Can you believe that? Oh, That's my crazy. goodness. And then it just spiked. 
yeah. and the and the methodologies of the secular world. And again, your show's counterculture, so I guess you don't mind getting in trouble a little bit. No, but no. you can just point them at me. But it's like, hey, we've tried all these other ways. Everything it's it's gotten so far away from our Creator that you say things like uh, a God of your own understanding, mm-hmm. and the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, hey, we want to do maintenance drugs to, to really help and keep people off of drugs. And it's like the same people. Like what sound-minded person honestly believes with the spike of this pandemic being prescription drugs made by the pharmaceutical company right. that we answer the pandemic with, with more, drugs made more by far- the same, same pharmaceutical people. company? Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this... so we, we believe that there's freedom. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's huge. That's what we all we all want to see happen. And um, if you're just tuning in, where you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn, we have Adam Comer here, uh, executive producer of the Forgotten Pandemic and CEO of the S2L Recovery. So this isn't just a like like a, an important issue in America. This is actually really this is personal for you. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about your personal story? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean. So you, you just gave my titles and pastor and CEO of S2L Recovery, right. but a decade ago, I, I went through S2L Recovery. Mm. I had lost everything. Wow. I was, I've injured my back, uh, got introduced to uh, pain medication and something clicked, and that was what I was missing my whole life, and it was a fast rabbit trail. Um, and I mean, you know, people that have gone through it, I'm probably telling their story, but what, what started off that seemed controllable or manageable quickly became unmanageable monies losing my relationship with my wife, my high school sweetheart, Mm. uh, all the savings, anyone that trusted me, legal trouble, going to secular rehab, playing the game, saying the mantras, doing the right things, going to all these meetings that I'm being told to go to all while Mm. there was just no hope that I was, Hey, I'm Adam and I'm an addict. And then, you know, growing up in church, I didn't have the trauma or drama that a lot of people do that, that they turn to drugs and alcohol. I have great parents and things like that. And I was very, you know, had a great school experience, college and high school. Right. But going through this and then finally I just Googled, is there such thing as, there, is there such thing as Christian addiction recovery? Mm. And S2L popped up and by God's grace, I got here. And when I came here, it was in the Easter season. Okay. And I grew up in church. I heard of Easter my whole life. But in this moment when I came here, hearing the Easter story, man, I don't know, God crushed me. Mm. And and I tell you, John, it was the most beautiful thing in the world mm. that I was crushed because I saw what Jesus did. I saw all of this, and I heard the truth, Yeah. right? Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has new come. Have come. Mm. And, and and that started to mean something different, and I wanted to know more about it. And I'll try to fly through this because you know I know it's time, but sure. I've told this a lot. But I, you know, I, just God gave me a passion for His Word, and maybe even to help people. And so S two L asked me to intern. And again, S two L is in the Nashville area where I'm from, where my wife is. That God was kind of restoring our marriage at this point. Yeah. everything's in East Tennessee, about two and a half hours, three hours away. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I do kind of feel this. It'd be a good experience. I'll intern. I'll commit to that. But no one, I believe. Well, at the end of the internship, they said, hey, we want to offer you this job. Um, 
knowing that that wasn't an option. I gave him right. the church answer. I said, well, let me and my wife pray about it. We'll yeah. pray. <laughs> right. Give, us, give us three days. <laughs> give us three days, we'll pray about it. And honestly, on the second day of my wife and I praying about it, uh, my wife's boss comes up to her in East Tennessee, three hours away, two, mm. two and a half, three hours away, and says, hey, there's an opportunity for a promotion, but you would need to be willing to move to Middle Tennessee to take it. Okay. And we're just like, really? And that's Could, the Nashville area. You have Middle kids Tennessee. at this time? Right, right. No, right where okay. I was. No kids at this time. Okay. Right where I was, you got to move there to take it. And I was just like, okay, God, we get it. I know I'm hard-headed, but that's pretty clear. And yes, so I, yeah. I, I accepted the job offer. I was making $50 a week, driving about 45 minutes a day, so it wasn't even <laughs> enough to make covered gas. Wow. But just trusted that this is what God's called me to do, and my yes was on the table. Just like with the documentary, my yes is just, I've seen too much at this point. Yeah. I've seen too much of God work in my own life and in the men's life that I get to serve, that my yes is on the table, and I don't have to know the outcome. And now, 10 years later, you know, we're multi-campus. At that point, there was only like four or five of us on staff. Right. We have 30 staff, staff wow. members now. We're licensed by the state. We have a joint commission accreditation. And he's called us to make a film and to put out this, these podcasts and stuff on our YouTube channel. And have you heard of Right Now Media? I have. Yeah. Oh, you're on there so right too. Right now, right now Media with our curriculum that we use called Lost and Found inside of Second Peter, uh, they asked us to create something for the church to start recovery meetings. And so we created these these videos on Right Now Media, and our curriculum is is available for churches and any kind of ministry to start. Uh, if, you're, if you don't want an AA or an NA meeting, there's options, and it's just that yeah. second Peter that talks about escaping the desire mm. that we have. I think it's—so I'm just out, of, just out of curiosity, We there is a, a number of like Christian-based programs related to addiction that I'm, I'm familiar with, but opioid addiction, is there, what's unique in that space that maybe might look differently than like alcoholism, or is there, are there just the same principles? Um. I mean, in the in the aspect of a, a few differences, I could talk for a while about the differences of everything. I think sure. in, in general, though, you know, I, I think it's the same principle in the aspect of when Jesus was given the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't ask thieves to sit in one section, adulterers to sit over here, right. hey, liars, now drunkards, you sit over here. It was right. one message that, that covered all of the uh, idolatry. Mm-hmm. You're exchanging God's glory and his promises for bootleg cheap substitutes. Mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, one of the things that I think the biggest thing that you hear about um, opiates would be, hey, a doctor told me I'm supposed to be on this. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm justifying this, even though I'm running out way too early every single month and right. having to buy them off the streets or whatever. But a doctor said I should be on this, so I should. Right. That would be probably the biggest yes. hurdle in comparison with another um, substance like alcohol. Alcohol is legal. Alcohol is in the Bible. You know, there's right. for every single thing. There's something that people justify. Sure. Um, the idol. And and for a decade, I'm sure you've heard it all. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. We call it trench warfare ministry. I I've, bet. <laughs> I've seen seen it all. It is. I mean, it's one of the most rewarding when that light clicks on, and you see. Mm. God move. It's the most rewarding, but it's also, you know, I'm a young man and I'm a young pastor, I believe, you know, right at 40, but at 40, I should be doing more weddings and funerals. Right. Um, I would think, and that's just not the case Right. Uh, for a season of my life. I've done more funerals than weddings. Um, Um, and this this is a dangerous, 
it's bad. But honestly, this move of everything, and I, I believe this to my core, and I'm seeing it happen, and I love to tell you stories, but we honestly believe that from the rooms of recovery comes the revival of a nation. Wow. And I think it's, I think it's coming. I really do. And I think I've seen mighty men and women of valor who have tasted the goodness of God and don't care anymore what the world thinks. And they're rising up, and they're just doing mighty things, and it's really cool. From the rooms of recovery come the revival of a nation. Is that is that right? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. From the I, rooms of recovery, the revival of a nation. That is fantastic. I think that's <laughs> talk about counterculture. I think the places of power. I, I I'm a firm believer that God inverts the power dynamic in our world, and He uses the broken. He uses the orphan, he uses the the widow, the, the things that the world despises to make to glorify himself. And I think no better place than in a person who feel, is totally broken in recovery has destroyed their lives and God can rede- redeems that and not just redeems it to get it back to normal, but so much more to a, a place of blessing and transformation in this world. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I mean, even in your, I think it's so interesting and actually just, kind of did a sermon on this recently and so i didn't know this coming in but even kind of one of your um mission statements but also in your intro it talks about being a peacemaker Mm -hmm. a peacemaker Mm -hmm. and for for the longest time i always just thought it was be a peacekeeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's not what the word says the word in the passage that i was studying said peacemaker yep it's a verb Uh, being a peacemaker is Mm -hmm. an active thing being a peacekeeper almost seems passive yeah and so, yeah, you, mighty men and women of, of valor, of God, being a peacemaker is not always easy, but it is what we're called to do. Mm, wow. And just, I, I honestly, and the other thing that stood out to me when kind of l- learning about your, is that this idea of identity, because I've been around 12-step programs and done, uh, I'm familiar with a number of the methodologies and seen some results, but yet I think this idea of identity is that you often say instead of saying I am an addict, you said no. I what you say something different. You know, because like, yeah. like you stand that, up that, in an AA meeting, hi, I'm you know so and so, and I'm an an alcoholic or something, right? Yeah, uh, say, and, and gosh, that's such a that's such a again controversial thing. But I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to steer away from the truth. We don't. We would. We, I would ask you not to do that. Anyone that comes to our program and we talk and we have these classes and we do all this thing, no one ever, no one ever does that because like, identity isn't. I mean, basic psychology will tell you that. if you call a little girl ugly her whole life, she's going to grow up and think she's ugly. Yeah. Well, if you call yourself an addict or an alcoholic every time before you're allowed to speak, right? What do you think that is? Right. I mean, hey, you are this. You are you. You are saying that you are this thing, and mm-hmm. that is that is antithetical to the Word of God, right? And so, so it's I, damaging. It is damaging, and I because I, I mean I understand the need to be honest about your situation, like I have a pro this or this, but the define your this is different. This is different. This isn't a question of identity, and that's where right. I think is so powerful. Um, and I think where yeah. why we. I, we have faith and we followers of Christ can view this so differently because we have a different identity. You're, we're like, as you say, a redeemed child of God. That's who I am first yeah. and foremost. Not I, my sin. Isn't my primary definite <laughs> shouldn't be the primary way I'm defined in the world. Right. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. Um, 
I used to, so we, there's a whole bunch of counties in, in Tennessee, and for, for a season I was kind of on this little tour county by county because Tennessee has this faith-based initiative run yeah. by the state government. So yeah, I was I'm familiar with but that. But faith-based, run yeah. by a government, faith-based could mean anything. But, sure. you know, I was on that train. And so when I was getting up on stage in front of these groups, I would, you know, I'd say what I'd say. Yeah. And a lot of people wouldn't like it. And I remember after one of those, so an old-timer is what they call him, a guy who had been in AA 30 years. Yeah. He came up. And he felt the need to tell me, he said, hey, you know, Brother Adam, I don't know if he said Brother Adam, I, I imagine, but he said, hey, I'm, a, I'm an elder at my church, I'm a deacon at my church, mm-hmm. um, and I believe in the Word of God and all these things, but, you know, just want to tell you the reason that we at AA, that we say, Two minutes. hey, we're an alcoholic, is because, is because, just like when the Bible says, hey, mm-hmm. I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I said, sir... The Bible does not say that. The Bible says that we are saints when we're in Christ. And right. who are we to say anything different? Right. And the wheels just turn, and he didn't know what to say, and he was kind of nodding his head, and he's like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That kind of walked away. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenging, and in a, in a, it is a countercultural thought, but I, 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 it's, it's. thank you for sharing that. You know, we just have just a minute left, and I, I just want to say, how can people uh, watch your film? This, uh, I really want to encourage people to check it out. Yeah. TheForgottenPandemic.com. That's TheForgottenPandemic.com. Uh, or you can go to S2L.net, and that, that's where you can get the curriculum and the film. And that's S, the number 2L.net. Okay, S2L.net. And, uh, and what's your plan? Okay, so check that out, uh, TheForgottenPandemic.com and S2L.net. What's next for you in, um, as you're heading out the door or heading to the next chapter? Oh gosh! Hopefully, I can rest. This big man <laughs> making a film, Good. making a film with quality, making a quality film is hard, uh-huh. and I want to rest from that. But there is always something. We're uh, we're seeing amazing stuff and opening amazing doors, and we're getting to train a lot of people with the curriculum now because of this film. The film showed the why, and then the curriculum, and now we're called to hey, what now? What do we do now that we know this problem? Adam, I, I wish you rest. Thank you. Stay stay in touch. Really, uh, Thank you for coming on my show. Really appreciate you, brother. Excited for you. God bless you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.